live from Lane County, Oregon, it's the Bose No Show with your host, West Lane County Commissioner Jay Bosevich. And now, here's Jay. Good afternoon. And you've got the Bose Nose Show here, and we are live from beautiful downtown Elmira, Oregon. And it's another foggy afternoon here in the Northwest, typical winter day. And uh, it's the last week of the year, and the last day of the year. And the Bose Nose Show is got your real host here. I am West Lane County Commissioner Jay Bozovich. And I am here to talk to you about what happened in 2016. And it's a it's kind of a uh, free-for-all show here today. So you can call in and talk to any about 2016. In fact, if you've got a resolution you want the county to make, or any resolution, really, for 2017, you can give me a call here at 646-721-9887 and just press 1. If you want to get in on the conversation, Robin, or my producer, will pick up and get you in the queue. And you can also get a hold of us here at talk at krbnradio.net. That's krbnradio.net. So the year in review, you know, what happened in 2016? And I started going back through my Board of Commissioners agendas for the last year. And it's kind of amazing the stuff I've forgotten that we dealt with over the last year. And it, I started a couple hours ago, and I only managed to get up through September before the show started here. So it's maybe an abbreviated version of this. I'll just have to do the fall uh, from memory <laughs> for you guys. But uh, you know, 2016 started out with uh, I gave my first state of the county address because I was the outgoing chair of the county board of county commissioners. And that was a pretty uh, great address to give. And, and I encourage anybody to go to Lane County's website and just put in 2016 state of the county into the uh, search function and you'll come up with a text of my state of the county speech. And it has some really great stuff about what we accomplished in in 2015 and in, in the prior year and we did a lot of stuff that saved the taxpayers a whole lot of money and you know our staff has just done some wonderful things and the board has has too over that that last year so it was kind of a great way to start the year looking back on the previous year on all the things we did to save money uh, from going to self-insurance, which saved us a bunch, like $2 million a year, to um, you know how we, we uh, managed to be the number one county in the state for veterans' benefits, even though we only have the fourth largest population of veterans in the state. So, you know, we just have a great staff and we've done some great work to save money and balancing the budget. Work we did to prevent some additional cost and PERS uh, was just great stuff to report on. But, uh, you know, we also had, you know, a few other things going on back in January. You guys might not remember the Fern Ridge Community Policing District that was in discussion back then. And that was an idea brought forward by some citizens in the uh, Benita, Elmira, and Fern Ridge um, general area to form a, a special district to pay for some extra police services. Uh, and we had our first public hearing in January. And ultimately, we had the second public hearing in February, which uh, was practically a lynch mob about the people who didn't want to ha- pay extra taxes. And we chose not to move that forward. So uh, it was. Uh, an interesting little piece that you know people not might not remember from the beginning of the year. The other thing we did at the beginning of the year was we placed a levy on the ballot for the uh, Oregon State University Extension Service of one and a half cents per thousand of taxable assessed value. 
uh, pretty small tax amount, and we placed it on the ballot at their request. Um, you know, we have to actually put stuff on the ballot. So it was the, the folks that supported the levy that came to us and asked us to do it. Um, and ultimately, in May of that year, that passed um, with about 70% uh, approval. So uh, just a little add addition to your tax bill there that happened. Uh, and, yeah, we did some things like we gave out a whole bunch of transit room tax grants to a bunch of uh, different uh, programs, about $60,000 to about 18 different events and programs. Uh, and uh, we also, in January, finalized the actual creation of a performance auditor and audit committee position in Lane County. And that's a really interesting position. The performance auditor is one of three direct hires of the Board of Commissioners. We, have, we hire the county administrator, we hire the county council, and we hire the performance auditor so they can act independent of the county administrator in looking at programs and reporting to the board and the public um, you know, how Lane County is doing and whether there's any risk involved in a program and, every, and all that. And um, getting that performance auditor position up and running was a pretty big thing. And so it kind of adds a level of transparency and also a level of financial and performance control for the public uh, to make sure that, you know, things aren't going astray um, at Lane County. And, uh, it, we, you know, we received our second uh, speaking of audits, we, we received our second independent third-party audit on the jail levy of the second year, full year of the levy that, you know, really finished in June, but it takes till like January to get the audit back. And that said the same thing as the first year, that we're meeting all the promises that we made when we passed that levy back in 2013, in that we're maintaining the number of jail beds we promised, the funds are being kept aside. They're they're going to exactly the way we we plan to do it, and we're maintaining enough general fund to to keep the beds promised. Everything about it on the audit came out great. So it's kind of nice to have that transparency that that levy you guys granted and gave uh, the Lane County Board of Commissioners to support opening additional jail beds is actually working exactly as we promised when we put it on the ballot. So. That was kind of January of 2016. And moving on to February, I got to go to Washington, D.C. as part of the United Front trip with Eugene and Springfield and the school districts and Lane Transit District and a few other local government agencies. And um, that's always an interesting thing. And I think I have a, a one of my shows in February. I did a, a review of my trip to D.C., it was kind of a depressing trip in some ways because you realize um, you kind of get you get into senators and congressmen's offices to talk to them and, and you, you kind of wonder if it did any good. Uh, and, and it's sort of depressing. You know, they, they like to smile and pat you on the head and send you on your way, I guess. Um, but, you know, there's some serious things to talk about, like trying to fix our, our broken federal uh, forest system so we could actually afford to have, not have to have a Fernridge Community Policing District, um, which in February we, we decided not to put on the ballot. But the whole fact that folks are trying to form special districts is as a result of the fact that we don't have the funds necessary to keep enough uh, sheriff's patrol out there in the rural areas. So moving on to March, you know, we started um, talking about tobacco for the first time this year. It was kind of a generalized discussion about some various tobacco policies. And at that time, I kind of just, you know, indicated that I wasn't very happy with the idea of banning smoking and, and tobacco use in open air situations. And that I was more supportive of trying to get at the whole problem of youth initiation of smoking and youth, youth use, youth Ah, minors using tobacco. <laughs> Try and say that fast. Youth, youth, youth. Um, uh, so uh, minors using tobacco and was more willing to look at how we can attack that in a way that was effective, which later led to discussions of Tobacco 21, which we'll get to in a while. And we also um, 
heard a report on our, our jail medical contractor and their performance. Uh, CFMG, California Forensic Medical Group, is our contractor, and it was actually a very um, good report. And they're doing a good job in, the, in our jail providing services, uh, unlike the prior contractor we had, which had a few problems and bumps. Uh, we also approved uh, using utilizing Travel Lane County as uh, our, our um, visitor marketing uh, with our, our transient room tax funds uh, for uh, a grant, uh, three-year grant cycle, uh, which was a, a change in our process and all that stuff. But there was kind of a, a, a no competitive way of they were getting their funds previously, and we had to, to kind of fix that, get it to be some kind of competitive process where we chose Travel Lane, and they were successful in, in achieving that. Okay, and it kind of gives them a little bit of assurance that they'll have funding for the next three years. Uh, then, um, you know, we started a conversation in February also about the forest work camp and what to do with that property and uh, had made some decisions later on in the year. As we moved on into April and the spring, um, we did things like we approved the, uh, the state grant application uh, for our assessment taxation funding where we have to actually apply to get money back from the state we collect in the first place. It's a weird system, uh, but uh, it was a necessary thing. We could talk in our assessment taxation folks are the folks that collect taxes for 82 other taxing jurisdictions here in Lane County and uh, everything from school districts to cities to fire districts. Um, they're, they're the, if there's a property tax on your tax bill, um, they collect it and then redistribute the funds back to those, those agencies. Um, and only about nine to 12 cents, depending on where you live, is actually Lane County taxes out of every dollar in property tax you pay. And then uh, we had some discussions in, this, in April about the Indian Creek management plan that Sayusla Forest was putting together for about um, you know, 30,000 acres of Lane County where they were gonna kind of basically close it off to uh, close a lot of roads, close a lot of uh, public use of the lands, and uh, we kind of, as a county, came out and, and gave comment on that plan, saying we want them to do everything they can to maximize public access and commercial use um, of the, that area versus the direction they were headed, and, I don't, and that kind of plan's been put on the side and is still being worked on by the National Forest. They had a meeting down in Mapleton that was well attended by local um, folks down there that were kind of objecting to the, the plan to close a lot of roadways. And it wasn't just closed roadways, it was tear them out and, and completely remove them. So they wouldn't be that, you know, you couldn't just move a berm or, or push a berm out of the way and use it for fire access in the case of a fire, it would be gone. You know, where they would completely tear out the road and, and, and leave nothing there. Um, we also, um, created a new equity and access advisory board, um, you know, at Lane County, just to try and make sure we're, we're not, um, you know, we're being fair and open to, to everyone uh, in Lane County that might be a disadvantage or, or a minority in Lane County. Um, we also approved a rural prosperity initiative, which was an effort by our economic development folks to actually work with the entire um, rural Lane County in communication, cooperation, and collaboration assistance uh, with their economic development departments. And we've been doing a lot over the last, since that was created with Florence and Cottage Grove and Benita and some of the smaller communities in helping them uh, develop economic development plans and strategies and, and working on improving their economies. Um, we also had a discussion in April, and, and people may have forgotten all about uh, a company called PacTech that's out um, in an unincorporated area of Lane County that's inside the city of Eugene's UGB. Um, there's an area, uh, an industrial area, what they call the industrial corridor, uh, that's between Highway 99 and the Northwest Expressway there. It's kind of where, you know, 
Murphy Plywood is and Seneca Sawmill and some other industrial properties. Well, Pactech's right there on Irving Road, uh, and um, they were, they're bursting at seams and wanting to grow. And this is a company that uses recycled plastic to make, like, six-pack containers and other um, packaging materials. So it's a really green industry, uh, recycling this material and re reuse. And when they tried to expand to a, a parcel across the street, the city of Eugene was trying to hold them hostage to annex all their property to the city, um, even though they didn't touch the city property. And, and it was causing great delays and permitting and all that stuff. And the board kind of got involved to kind of tell the city that they couldn't promise um, annexation, you know, without us approving it too. And that they needed to kind of back down a little bit and cause some, some back discussions later. Ultimately, Pac Tech expanded in Lane County, but it was down in Cottage Grove they went to do their expansion. They gave up on the piece of property in Eugene, and that could lead to a whole different discussion about Eugene's um, business friendliness. And, and we might get to that a little bit when we talk about Avago and some of their trials and tribulations, but that was kind of April we talked about Pac Tech a little bit. People may have forgotten that one. Then in May is, of course, budget season, and, you know, we have you know, about six budget meetings in May in the evenings, and then we, we adopt the budget in June. Um, and this year's budget, again, you know, we had to make some significant cuts to close the gap in funding uh, because this is the uh, first real budget where we've had no leftover forest monies or SRS payments. We're living on the actual harvest monies at this point, all local, basically local taxation, plus that little bit of harvest we get. Uh, and that adjusting the budget down, you know, required us to do a lot of cutting. And we managed to do it with, with a lot of structural, you know, more structural changes, um, didn't have to make significant service cuts, unlike the governor's budget, which I talked about a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, we actually did, did some attempts to cost cut versus service cut like the state budget's trying to do. Um, and one of the things we did in that budget was we realized we were actually, you know, part of our, our auditing in the jail levy, we realized we're actually collecting more money than we could spend in the five years if we kept collecting the rate we we're collecting. And we we're going to end the five years of the jail levy with a huge surplus in the sheriff's office in that jail levy fund. So we actually cut the what we were going to collect in the next two years of the jail levy uh, property tax-wise from 55 cents down to 38 cents per thousand, a pretty significant cut, um, about 40%. And that, that, that was mostly due to just um, when we designed the jail levy, we designed it based on worst case that if we didn't you know, a lot of things happen, like the state cut their funding for community corrections, which buys some jail beds, and the um, federal government stopped leasing uh, jail beds from us. Uh, those things didn't quite happen, so, you know, we didn't need as much money to maintain the promised uh, local jail beds, which we've actually exceeded um, by almost 100 beds. And... Uh, we realized we were building up a surplus that was kind of excessive, so we cut the, the taxes for the next two years. That's something you don't hear very many local governments do, is collect less tax than they had originally proposed to do. Even though we had the authority to continue collecting 55 cents per thousand, we cut it down to 38 38 cents per thousand in that budget. Um, we also, uh, in May, declared the forest work camp property, surplus property, and began the process to get um, offers on the property. Uh, and we'll talk more about that later. Uh, we adopted a, a five-year capital improvement plan for our road system. It's way too small. It only spends about $3 million a year because that's all we're getting now um, in funding. And uh, it's a $6 billion asset. So when you think about it, that, that $3 million a year essentially would rebuild our road system once every 2,000 years. And, it, and most people know a road doesn't last 2,000 years, uh, except for a couple Roman roads, maybe. Uh, but there, 
you know, it's just, uh, you know, one of the reasons why we were at one point had looked at that um, vehicle registration fee is we knew that we're just not investing enough in our road system. Um, you know, we talked about urban renewal in Eugene a little bit. You know, we had a, a hearing and discussion on Collard Lake Road down in the Florence area, which is that um, road system that became the only access to a neighborhood after that fatal uh, landslide last December of 2015. And, um, you know, we also began some discussions then of, of um, enterprise zone issues relative to uh, Avago and uh, which is became Broadcom uh, Avago Technologies that was purchasing the uh, Hynix building and we also um, got uh, our courthouse needs assessment back from our, our uh, con national consultants that looked at what we need for a future courthouse to meet our needs over the next um, 50 years here in Lane County and we kind of started this discussion about downtown planning uh, back in May. Uh, May also was an election month, if you remember, and Commissioners Farr and Sorensen basically got reelected by getting um, their 50% plus one. And so did uh, our District Attorney Patty Perlow and our Sheriff Byron Trapp. So kind of no real changes in county leadership for the year based on the um, May elections and Bernie uh, Sanders beat Hillary Clinton in Lane County by 60% to 38%, just uh, a little piece of trivia there. And uh, Lucy Venice um, became the future mayor of Eugene in, in May and the OSU extension levy passed 70% to 30%. So moving on to June, um, we adopted that our budget and final in June that we started that process in May. And we talked a little bit more about tobacco in, in, in June. So we made a few headlines talking about raising the age to 21. And um, we also added a fraud prevention policy to the Lane Manual, which is um, the county's version of administrative rules, um, which was kind of important because it kind of um, you know, sets up just a whole nother layer of protection of the taxpayer's money. And it also set up a, a reporting system for employees to um, kind of through a hotline, they can report fraud and misuse of funds and, and do it in a way that they won't have repercussions to our performance auditor. Um, and it, it's a really interesting, you know, system that was really, you know, should have probably been around for years. Um, haven't had anyone use it yet, but it, it's uh, it's there. Knowing it's there is important because it's just one of those safeguards of taxpayer money. Um, we also did some pretty significant amendments to our um, justice reinvestment budgets for the uh, various um, uh, programs that we fund through state monies um, to prevent people from going to prison or from reoffending and going back to prison after they're let out or charged. And it's uh, quite a few of our drug treatment and um, sex offender treatment and all sorts of um, various programs that prevent that um, are funded through that. And what's interesting is just about that time, we got some information that showed that Lane County's recidivism rate, which, you know, the, the, the rate of which people reoffend within three years of, of um, you know, being uh, let out of prison or, or getting off of um, their uh, probation um, has dropped in Lane County about five percentage points, while the state has actually gone up about a similar amount. We used to be about five percentage points above the state average and now we're about five percentage points below. So our, our three-year trend has actually been dropping while the states has been going up slightly. Um, really good news that these programs are being effective um, in trying to prevent people from, you know, basically victimizing other Lane County residents. So it's important programs there. We also approved the Poverty and Homelessness Board's strategic plan in, in June. Uh, we settled a contract with our prosecuting attorneys association. Um, 
for the next three years. And then uh, we began this discussion um, in June about county initiatives that kind of got pretty controversial for a while um, and, and it kind of ended over the summer. And ultimately, we're getting sued by it, so I can't talk too much about it um, because there's a lawsuit pending. But, uh, you know, the, the discussion was is when people are proposing to amend our charter, um, we had antiquated rules in our we, where we had missed a piece of uh, Oregon statute that requires us to look at um, one particular issue on charter amendments for uh, single subject and uh, single issue. And uh, the single issue part kind of got missed, uh, what they call one vote. Um, and uh, whether or not we could go back and look at ones that have already been approved for uh, circulation or not, because we had failed to do that review um, was under discussion, and then now we're being sued for failing to do that review. So can't talk too much about it. But um, so that kind of gets us halfway through 2016 in our year in review. And if you want to get in on the conversation here on the Bose Nose Show, you can give me a call at 646-721-9887. Just press one if you want to get in on the conversation. Robin will pick up and we'll get you in the queue. Uh, or you can email us here at talk at krbnradio.net. Uh, and you can do that between shows too. Of course, we're always available on Facebook. You can drop us a message on our KRBN Internet Radio Facebook page. And... Uh, you know, you can get past shows just by searching for um, iTunes KRBN. Um, so, uh, you know, you can give us a call. You can talk about, you know, stuff you want to talk about that happened in 2016, or you can talk about what you might want us to do in 2017 in the future. Um, again, this is Jay Bozovich on the Bose Nose Show, and uh, we're live. There's no guest host, no best of show this week. Even though we're between Christmas and New Year's, you've got your county commissioner live on Internet Radio KRBN. So moving on to the second half of the year, uh, getting in July, in July we put a marijuana tax uh, on the fall ballot. And that was part of when Measure 91 passed and then the final rules got adopted by the legislature. They gave us the ability to put a 3% tax on retail sales in Lane County. Of course, for Lane County, it's only for those retail sales outlets that are in unincorporated areas, not inside cities. But the entire county got the vote on this ballot measure. But we placed that on the ballot um, in July, um, mostly just so that it, you know we, we can capture what little bit of revenue we might get out of that um, and be able to maybe um, use it to um, cover some of the costs that marijuana legalization has is costing the counties, yet we're not getting um, very much of the funds that are coming from the state taxes on marijuana. And then uh, we also did an annual review of our county administrator in July, and uh, he got a very glowing review, but um, unfortunately my fellow board members uh, moved to give him a 9% raise, so um, it his raise passed four to one, and I voted against it because I kind of felt 9% was too large of an increase, um, and that we could have done it, caught him up over a couple of years. Um, one of those cases where I was a lone dissenting vote. And then uh, we also uh, adopted the City of Cottage Grove's transportation, uh, transportation system plan in um, July. Um, we held a joint work session with the city of Eugene in July also, and it was our first meeting with the city council where we kind of brought up, hey, why don't we get together and look at this downtown civic center that, that you know, you guys want us to take part of your city hall property for our new courthouse, and you kind of want to have the farmer's market on the old butterfly lot. And we're kind of like, you know, before we kind of get into making that decision, why don't we do some alternative analysis together and take a look at what's best for all parties and try and come to a joint decision on that. So we held this work session and kind of um, began the process of looking at that whole courthouse, city hall, farmer's market, downtown vision together um, in July. 
which was, you know, kind of where the, the county got this, you know, um, proposed something and, and kind of lead a process. I felt pretty proud that we kind of, um, you know, sort of hit the pause button and said, let's, let's do this process together. Let's have public input during the process, and then we'll make a decision uh, together at the end of it, uh, which we just finished making recently, and we'll get to that in a little bit. And then uh, in July, we also got a report from our vegetation task management task force, um, which had been meeting for almost two years um, to look at um, bringing back some limited use herbicides by our, our roadside maintenance and park maintenance folks um, in Lane County, um, something that kind of had been banned by the uh, board action back in 2008 and had been kind of causing some issues with um, noxious invasive weeds uh, following our, our roadsides into the county and getting into ag areas and causing economic damage to ag interests and, and also some noxious weeds that actually cause generalized problems for um, various natives, native, native species. So um, they, the task force had gone off on its own, met multiple times, had you know public comment at all their meetings, publicly advertised meetings, and this task force was, um, you know, had representation from all sides. We had rest, representation from Beyond Toxics and and um, the Coalition for Alternatives to Pesticides. I think is the other other. Um, anti-herbicide basically group, group, two groups there where we also had folks from the Farm Bureau and the forestry industry that were, you know, kind of worried about um, the invasive species in our rights of ways that we're not controlling by just mechanical methods like mowing and, and trimming. So um, after meeting for two years, this task force managed to put together a plan that got unanimous consent from all members of the task force. So imagine, you know, this is the ag and forestry folks agreeing with Beyond Toxics on a plan to bring back the use of herbicides in Lane County. Um, pretty fantastic work um, by Orrin Schumacher with our, he's our road maintenance supervisor who led this task force uh, work and uh, the task force in general. Well, we got the report back on that in July, and I think uh, later on um, we took final action to adopt their uh, recommendations into our code uh, in September. But that was kind of July, and then we get into August, um, and of course, you know, this was a pretty dry summer. We had, you know, some fires in August and all that good stuff and, and uh, going on, and one of the things that happened was there was this little tiny water district down in outside of Dune City on Silcoose Lake that um, there, the lake got so kind of mucky and full of vegetation, the level dropped low enough that their intake had problems. And they also had some water leaks in their system and it just, you know, typical infrastructure that hadn't been invested in in a long time. And we kind of had this, um, you know, I attended some meetings about that emergency down there because folks were basically out of water for a couple of days there for a little while, then on limited water. Um, and uh, the county approved uh, a letter of support for emergency funding uh, grants from uh, the federal government for that water district. And uh, I think eventually they got some enough repairs done on their system. They got everybody back in water. But it's, you know, that ticking time bomb that a lot of infrastructure is in the U.S. that we haven't been investing well enough in everything from water, sewer, um, that news this week of that town in, in Minnesota, uh, or is, is Minnesota or Michigan that had the big sinkhole caused by a sewer pipeline problem. That's aging infrastructure in the U.S. Um, we're going to eventually have to pay that bill one way or another. Um, if we don't start doing some repair and investment in that soon. Um, we also started a discussion in August of our Waste Management Division's Operational Assessment Report. Um, and this was a, an assessment we had done um, when a couple years ago the Waste Management folks wanted us to raise their fees considerably. And we only uh, chose to raise them about halfway and asked them to go back and look at cost cutting measures and they went out and got a national consultant to look at what they could do to 
cut costs in the system. And they came back and uh, had a recommendation of closing a bunch of our rural transfer sites and closing the Glenwood transfer station and a few other things. Um, some internal cost savings that that added up to a half million a year. Um, we we're shooting for over a million a year in savings that were, was needed. Um, and it was just, you know, some of it was easy, just go do that type stuff. Um, but the, the closing of the rural transfer stations led to a long discussion. We had a bunch of public meetings. Ultimately, we adopted um, recommendations and chose not to close uh, a lot of the rural transfers with, with the exception of one that was highly underutilized and also had an entrance on the Highway 126 that was dangerous down near Mapleton. Um, that's the only one that got closed and a couple had their hours changed a little bit. Um, and we chose to actually raise the fees at those rural transfer stations rather than close them. Um, and we actually adopted that later in September. We also, uh, in August, adopted a community health needs assessment, um, which is something we're, we're required to do under the Affordable Care Act and the um, state's uh, version of that. And what was interesting is in that process, the community gets asked, what, what, do you, what is the most important things for the public, the public health of your community, and, and um, they have all these public meetings that are that are um, they, they have you know professional folks lead them and walk people through the, the process. They hold them all around the county. They hold them at hospitals. They hold them out in public. Um, and the number one strategy that came out of that was to improve the economy, because I think everybody realizes that folks that are financially stressed or also have bad health outcomes. And uh, the, the, the tie between economic well-being and physical well-being and mental well-being was, was recognized and that came out as the number one strategy uh, as Lane County adopted it. So, and it's, and it's going to show up in Lane County's strategic plan in our, and for our Health and Human Services uh, Department that they have to start considering uh, economic um, development um, in, in some of their policies and the rest of our Lane County um, decision-making process. It, it'll, it'll vary, you know, we have health in all policies and now economic development's one of the number one health strategies. Basically, we're gonna have economic development be a consideration in all policies, any changes we make. Um, so that was an interesting thing to come out of that process. Um, you know, we also talked more about tobacco in August and park smoking bans, and, and um, that kind of is slowly moving forward against my um, my objections. And then uh, we also approved another uh, union contract with our parole and probation officers for three years. So that's two of our seven um, represented uh, employee uh, unions that we've we signed contracts with so far this year. Um, and then we uh, approved um, the enterprise zone tax benefits for Avago in August. Um, and then only recently, we just heard that Avago decided they weren't going to build in, in, at Hynix and they're probably going to put the building back up for sale. So, and still haven't gotten a full explanation of why, but I don't know if it was, um, you know, all the various things that have gone on uh, from our, our, our new, uh, minimum wage laws to our sick leave laws to um, some of the other things that have come up um, and being tossed about locally by the city of Eugene that might have scared them off. But um, Avago is probably not going to be building. Uh, it all, they also got bought out by another company again um, that may change their strategy for expansion. Uh, we also um, approved a lease of the forest work camp uh, at the end of that um, request for offers process. We chose not to sell it. And I, I would prefer just to, to transfer the land out of the county. But um, we chose a veterans rehab group to lease to, to sign a long term lease. Um, and they should be trying to get up and running this spring out there at the at the work camp. And uh, we'll probably hear more about that later. We also um, approved a lease to uh, maintain uh, Connie Memorial Park 
out on Lake Creek, which the state was going to close. Um, and if we hadn't stepped in, uh, it would have been closed. And you know, earlier in the spring, we reopened uh, Archie Knowles Park, which we took over from the Forest Service, who had closed it. So there's two parks out there in West Lane County that are now uh, still open because the county took over the uh, maintenance of it. Uh, and moving on into September, uh, we got uh, into the Springfield 2030 plan and held a public hearing on that. That's their urban growth boundary expansion for uh, commercial and industrial lands. And uh, that was what got controversial with the CV Loop area for a while, and they kind of gave up on that. Um, and ultimately, that came back to the board here in December, and I actually voted against adopting it because I felt like they had not um, met some of the state laws requiring them to look at what the, what's referred to as exception lands, uh, lands that are already impacted by like rural residential and rural commercial or rural industrial zoning. Um, and they were choosing to expand onto some exclusive farm use zone land instead. And I didn't think that their findings were strong enough to justify that. Um, we'll find out it, it, the rest of the board didn't agree with me. It was a 3-2 vote. And uh, we'll see if it gets appealed and whether LUBA upholds um, the, uh, the board's decision to approve that or not. Um, if it doesn't get appealed, we'll never know if I was right or wrong. <laughs> Um, and we also, you know, in, in September approves, you know, one of the things that we do and we get a little bit of video lottery money for economic development. And we gave a grant of $50,000 to build what they call the middle mile of, of fiber uh, out in the West Fur and Oak Ridge area. Um, one of the things about getting people high speed Internet service in some of these rural areas or even in Eugene is getting from the fiber optic networks that like run north south up and down um, the coast to serve you know la and, and seattle to connect with them to the small community yeah you know, that middle mile you know to get to that to get to the cable network or whoever's distributing internet services in your town um, often is missing and that's what that 50,000 helped build um, it, it, with uh, LCOG's help. Uh, we also talked about Disaster Response Authority in September. It was a discussion that I prompted as a board chair last year when I focused on resilience, and it was kind of a follow-up to that. And ultimately, um, in October, we adopted uh, um, a lot of the Disaster uh, Response Authority language and it got tested just recently in the ice storm uh, when we declared um, a local uh, disaster and uh, used that authority to, to take some actions that normally wouldn't be taken to spend money um, from reserves. Um, and uh, it was an interesting, having that in place was important and it got tested almost right away. And then uh, also in September, we passed a first responder surviving spouse uh, property tax exemption, uh, which was uh, something that went through the legislature in the um, past session, and they gave the county gave counties the opportunity to approve this tax waiver, and it has to be done county by county. Um, and I think it's it, it's a good thing, you know, if you're if you're you know the 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 wife or husband of a police officer and they're killed in the line of duty or, or a firefighter. Um, it gives you the ability to stay in your home with your family, with your children and all that, probably by not, you know, by waiving the property taxes um, up to $250,000 in value um, of assessed value. It doesn't allow somebody that has a million dollar home to get a, a complete tax waiver. Um, so we thought that was a good thing. Um, and then, uh, you know, we also finalized those vegetation management policies in September. Um, started a process uh, called forest land classification. Actually, we didn't start it. We were getting close to finishing it. And held a couple. There were a couple public hearings held out in the county, and that's um, an assessment that's um, for fighting wildland fires on uh, 
property that can carry wildland fire. It doesn't mean you have a forested piece of property. If you've got enough vegetation to carry the fire, um, you, you pay the assessment. Uh, and uh, held hearings kind of out in Florence and other areas of the county. Um, and it's really something that uh, the Oregon Department of Forestry actually assesses it. And it goes to their um, uh, associations to pay for their annual firefighting, which I think we saw with the high pass fire and their response there, um, how important it is to have those folks ready to go here in West Lane County. Um, the high pass fire was pretty interesting this year. Um, and then, uh, you know, we, we uh, finalized the changes in the waste management system in September also, where we chose not to close those rural uh, waste management systems. And, and that's kind of as far as I got going month by month looking at our agendas, but, but thinking about the fall a little bit, um, you know, we got into some other uh, issues, you know, like I said, we went on to finalize our um, our disaster um, authorities and changed our lane code accordingly. Um, we also got into a fairly controversial um, quarry um, subject where we had a uh, application for a um, changing our zoning to add a uh, goal five aggregate resource and potential quarry approval up in the Oak Ridge area just outside of town on what they call TV Butte. And uh, there were some folks uh, of Native American descent that were claiming there, you know, that it had been a previous um, tribal site and, and there might be artifacts there. And there's the unfortunate thing is, as, as a board, we're bound by what's on the approved inventory that the state uh, that we adopted and the state uh, approved as our adopted inventory, and that site doesn't show any inventory on it. So we ultimately, you know, the the uh, applicant showed that it was there was a significant resource there that um, warranted being on our inventory. And that they could mitigate the, any issues with the quarry. They did sound studies and, and um, you know transportation studies and, and all sorts of uh, things to show that they could they could operate without impacting the neighborhood um, and mitigate uh, the you know according to what the criteria is that the county has to rule by that's approved by the state. Um, and they met the criteria, so ultimately the board voted to approve their application. Um, and it was pretty controversial, it was most likely going to get appealed to the state. Uh, be interesting to see how that one turns out. Always tough because there's a lot of emotion in, in land use decisions, and people sometimes don't understand that we're acting in those decisions in a, as, a, as a quasi judicial. Body. So we have to only act on the record, the official record of the decision, and under the criteria that were established at the time of the application. We can't make up new criteria. We can't add to the criteria. Um, and if, if 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 an applicant meets all that, we have no choice but to approve them. Otherwise, all they'll do is appeal us to the state, and, and we'll get the state will re remand it back to us, and we'll, we'll end up having to change the decision to an approval, and it's just a waste of our time and money. Um, so it's a, an interesting process, um, and then of course, you know, we did have the the November election here here recently, and uh, that brought about some pretty significant changes that we've talked about on the show here recently um, with the election of Donald Trump. Of course, our pot tax got approved by 70% 30%. Interesting that both the uh, extension levy and the pot tax got approved by the same margin. wonder if it was the same people voting yes. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, it's uh, it's pretty interesting uh, to, to look at that and, and think that the, 
those uh, pot taxes generally were approved in almost every city that put them on the ballot and every county that put them on the ballot uh, throughout the state. Because I think people, when they voted to legalize recreational marijuana, did it partly because they thought it was going to help fund government uh, to a certain extent, bring it off the black market, tax it, use it to pay for some of the programs. Um, right now, though, I don't believe there's going to be enough coming to Lane County to, to make up for what we're going to have to do in the way of um, zoning enforcement, addiction uh, treatment, education, um, public health response to everything from um, poison prevention for um, children uh, with some of these uh, uh, marijuana concentrate products that are that are so poisonous to young children. Um, yeah, there'll be there'll be issues with that for years. Um, to the the issue of of uh, some of these um, concentration processors that set up illegally and, and with butane and all that, and have explosions and fires um, in residences, uh, as we've seen around the county in the last couple years. But um, so it's you know I, it was. I didn't, it wasn't surprising to me that folks chose to uh, approve the pot taxes. So um, that kind of gets us up through the fall. And, uh, you know, the more recent uh, issues before the county, you know, we, we had a, a Senate appointment we made uh, right before Christmas. It was the last thing we did before we broke for Christmas uh, where we appointed um, James Manning to uh, Senate District 7 that was being vacated by Chris Edwards. Uh, I had supported uh, Representative Val Hoyle to fill the position. 3-2 uh, split on the Board of Commissioners. Um, my support for Val was based on her ability to effectively work with me to support Lane County issues in the past and knowing that the governor's proposed budget was actually targeting um, the Junction City Hospital for closure that Val and I helped get open in the first place and really wanted to make sure that um, I had a strong advocate to work with in Salem um, to help keep that hospital open. Hopefully James can um, get up to speed and help play uh, that advocate with me, um, but it was, uh, you know, a little disappointing not to have Val to work with because I felt like you know her experience in the House and as House Majority Leader had already built her a lot of relationships and bridges. She knows the agency heads and everything else um, to where uh, I think she would have hit the ground running and been real effective on some Lane County issues, uh, particularly the Junction City Mental Health Hospital, which is a critical uh, piece of the mental health uh, system in the entire state and Lane County, as well as a major employer out in rural Junction City, um, you know, is important, as well as uh, the courthouse um, future bonding uh, uh, that could be jeopardized by um, competition with some of the counties up in the Portland area. It's always nice to have somebody as a strong advocate down here. Um, to prevent everything from going to Portland, um, you know, as as it seems like sometimes with with the state budget and state programs that it all seems to be very Portland centric, and Val was very much a voice for Lane County up in, in Salem, even though we definitely disagreed on gun on gun issues and the Second Amendment. Um, all three candidates that we had to choose from, and, and that's one of the things people don't understand, is we only can pick from the candidates the local Democratic Party puts forward for replacing a partisan office like that. It was a Democrat that held the seat, so we have to appoint a Democrat to uh, fill the seat, and we have to take it from a list that was provided by the local party. They gave us three names. All three of those folks supported the expanded background checks in Senate Bill 941. All three of them support future gun um, control uh, laws, you know, continuing uh, restrictions on uh, the Second Amendment. So uh, none of them were good on that subject. So it's hard to, to, you know, the folks that were 
emailing me uh, that had been stirred up by the Oregon Firearms Federation folks um, to not appoint Val. All three candidates were not good on the Second Amendment. And uh, for me, it was more important to have a strong advocate for Lane County. Um, but I've already uh, met with Mr. Manning since that vote, um, and we are going to try and do our best to work together um, just like I worked with Val um, and try and get the JC Hospital uh, back in the, in the budget and to keep that open and also to make sure other issues uh, that are important to Lane County uh, move ahead or issues that would damage Lane County don't move ahead is half the battle up in Salem. So um, that is kind of my year in review. Uh, got about five minutes left in the show, maybe a little bit less. Want to get in on the conversation at 646-721-9887. Just press one if you want to join in on the conversation. Um, anything you have about 2016 you want to talk about? Shoot, is there a celebrity left alive since 2016 is almost over? I don't know. Um, really a, a shame some of the folks we've lost throughout 2016. I don't know if it's just because I've gotten old enough that People I know are dying now. Maybe our parents felt this way 20 years ago, um, or, or 30 years ago when they hit when they were getting close to 60, and a lot a lot of people they knew were passing on. Uh, but you know, it's one of those things that that we see. Also, if you got anything you want to talk about for 2017, as we look ahead, what's coming up? You know, what's coming up uh, here in Lane County? Got another budget year where we're going to have to close another gap. And how we manage to do that here in Lane County will be another trick. Uh, I guarantee we're going to look at cost savings first. That's where we always go in Lane County because, you know, that's what we try and do is stretch your dollars as far as we can go and try and stay open and transparent uh, with performance auditors and audits and um, fraud prevention policies. We're just trying to do our best with your money here in Lane County. So if you want to get it on the conversation the last minute here again, it's 646-721-9887. Just press one if you want to get in on the conversation and Robin will pick up. So Robin, any uh, anything that from 2016 uh, you'd like to bring up uh, in uh, the last few minutes of the show here? Yeah. Good. Good. Sorry, it's, Rob. It's, it's been a hell of a year. Yeah. But, uh, that, that, that's all you got, or you got? Is there something in particular that was that was bad? <laughs> oh, it's just been very interesting. But uh, I do want to take um, one of. The, minutes that we have remaining and thanks every thank everybody that has uh, tuned in to the Bose No show and KRBN and in that part it's been a pretty good year and we hope that uh, everybody has a safe new year and will join us in 2017. Yeah and it is true that you know this is actually the first full year of me doing this broadcast on a weekly basis. So 2015 with one or two shows, I think, before the new year in November and all that. It's kind of it. And then and I guess it was January that we... Uh... January that we finally got show on the road and, and, and got it almost every week on a regular basis. So, um, you know, it, it's been great, Rob. Show on, and uh, I appreciate all the listeners that have tuned in um, and listened to the show over the, you know, whether it was live or or an archive as a podcast. Um, really been great doing the show, and I hope people will uh, continue to listen, call in. I do the show because I want to make myself available to the citizens of Lane County or to anyone that's listening to talk about um, government and politics in general and understanding local government. Um, that's why I do this show is I want to make myself available to the folks out there so I want to just say um, it's been a great year and thanks everyone for listening and I'm wishing everyone 
best in the new year. Hope And uh, happy new year, and we'll talk to you next year. Good night from beautiful downtown Elmira. Happy new year. <laughs>